You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Man, I don't know the last time I've been this just irate about something. Um, this YouTube channel is going to be either really, really great or really, really terrible. Because, oh my goodness, some of the stupidest people on planet Earth are up in my comments. I just can't handle it, man. Again, you you know how I am. I don't... I don't have any problem giving credit where it's due. I will sit here without any hesitation and and talk about how I think Kirk Cousins is underrated. I think he was one of the better quarterbacks all last year. Daniil Hunter, wildly underrated last year. I've talked ad nauseum about the Viking safeties and how great they are. Ah. But, you know, if I make one video about Yannick Ngakwe, and we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the brand new edge rusher, Yannick Ngakwe, for the Minnesota Vikings. If I make one video, just painfully obvious information, but it goes against the mainstream narrative, and I I get it to an extent. If you're an eight-year-old kid, and I'm going to assume that a lot of the people in my comment sections are eight-year-old kids, and your favorite team does something, and um, all the national pundits tell you how great this thing is, and then some rando guy makes a video where he reads off stats and information, but let's leave that aside, telling you that everybody's lying to you, and that this isn't that big of a deal, and that he's not that good, um, I could see where that would hurt your feels a little bit. But I, I just, at the way that I'm wired, if you say something and you want to argue with me, I don't really care, but you better not be a moron. You better be able to back it up and at least tell me. I, it doesn't feel good when you present me with information that I just completely missed, because then I feel stupid. But at least I'll just take a second to calm down and be like, yep, sorry, missed that one. And I'll we'll move on. But if you're going to argue with me and you're just, you're just completely devoid of thought. I, I'm like, I, I just, I can't handle it. Maybe YouTube isn't for me. I just, <laughs> I mean, I know people on there are just vicious, but vicious and stupid is just something I can't handle. Vicious is one thing. Like, I'm mad that you said that, and as a result, I'm going to say your, your face is really gross. Like, ouch, but all right. You know, like I okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'll I'll take that. Touche. But man, just like I, 
I don't want to have to baby people through how to think. That's just, that's annoying to me. But anyways, we're going to go through the Yannick Ngakwe thing. And I would be shocked if this doesn't take all day. And if it doesn't, there was a tweet talking about how elite the Vikings are in general going through the position groups, I think by Field Yates or somebody. And it's just, then it really set me over the edge because they're talking about how elite their linebackers are. And you know how I feel about that. So I'm not happy today. And then I I thought the guy left it alone. I kept arguing with this guy in the comments section. I thought he was done because I didn't get an update. And he left me two more messages. And now I'm just, you know, I'm not really running behind because I I got up at a decent time. But I I had to go find. So it actually helped the podcast because I found a really cool website, which I actually knew about before. But because I'm not smart enough to save these websites, I forget. So, very cool website that gave me some more resources to help get you some more information. So, what we're doing today, very simple Packers fans, is I'm going to equip you with as much information as I can to go fight with Vikings fans. Very simple. Now, I want to make this one thing, got to wait until the break, but I really don't want to take a break because I just want to go and go and go and go. But, all right, let's just do the clarifying thing first. Because I don't want you stepping on landmines and then, like, you know, quote tweeting me some nonsense and then I get wrapped up in a fight that I'm going to end up losing because you're not framing this properly. The Vikings are a better team with Yannick Ngakwe, period. I also don't know for a fact that Yannick Ngakwe is going to be anything other than dominant. He may come in there, similar to Zadarius, he may just come in and just be, boom, he's a freak, right? The Jaguars are a mess, Mike Zimmer's a defensive freak. Yannick's going to come in there, and he's just going to tear it completely up. I'm not reading a crystal ball as far as how good he's going to be. I'm simply telling you what he's been in the past so that you can make your own determinations. And I'm simply saying that based on the information we have, he's not what you're saying he is. He might be, but Kadar Holman might be a pro bowler this year. He could be. But I just have no information that's going to tell me that that's a reality. A.J. Dillon might be Derrick Henry 2.0. He might be better than Derrick Henry, best running back in all of football this year. Jordan Love in two years might be the next Pat Mahomes. Any of these things might be, but I don't have any real information that would make that a rational thought. I can make it up and get lucky, and it's true. The point is, though, again, let's make sure we're understanding this properly. Everybody's saying this is what Yannick Ngakwe already is, and I'm telling you that's absolutely false. So make sure you understand that's what I'm telling you. Because if Yannick blows up, and Yannick is the best pass rusher in the NFC North this year, I don't want to hear any of you people coming back at me saying, I thought you said this wasn't going to happen. Never said that. Ever. Are we clear about what we're talking about today. When I talk about how elite Zadarius was and how he was the best pass rusher in football, I'm not claiming he's going to be that in 2020. I'm just explaining factually that's what he was last year. Now, we can try to read into that, right? It's similar to fantasy football. I don't actually know what's going to happen, but you take the best available information and you pick the players that you feel are the best players and you just try to make rational decisions based on that. All right? One more suggestion, if I could. And I don't know how this is even humanly possible. But if you watch YouTube videos, don't skip the first 30 seconds randomly. Because that's the only thing I can think that people are doing to get half the comments I got. I made a very quick video on Yannick, 
Then some more information came out, so I went back, recorded two bits of information. I said, turns out he's actually going to drop down to like somewhere between 12 and 13 million. Don't have exact figures on that. Also, turns out it's a second and a fifth. I thought it was just a fifth. I'm correcting those two things. Now let's get on with the video. Half of my comments are, uh, actually it's $12 million. Uh, it's a second and a fifth, genius. You absolute moron. How did you not see the first 30 seconds of my video? I don't understand this. Just, I don't, I don't know, man. Does not leave me with a lot of hope for, for civilization. Forget everything else that's going on in the world. YouTube is how I realized that this world is going nowhere fast. <laughs> oh, but anyways, if you wouldn't mind, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Not because, well, yes, because I'm going to rant and rave. Because I'm going to rant and rave in favor of the Packers, and you're going to want more of that. But also because I need your help in the comments section. I don't want to have to fight my own battles. I'd rather see a comment... And then get angry and look at it and then see, brrrup, there's 18 comments just telling that guy to go stuff it. That'd be great. And then I can just go about my business. So if you wouldn't mind, Pack Daddy NFL, subscribe to the channel, tell Vikings fans to go pound sand for me, and, uh, you know, I can focus on making podcasts and whatnot. That'd be great. Um, Packernet.com, I don't plug it very often, but I do say it every intro. I know it's kind of like... Uh, white noise at this point. It's just background noise, but it is an actual website. It's a real thing, and it's a good place to get all your Packers news and information, so be sure to save that somewhere. It's a news aggregator, so all the news sites and everything are all in one, so be sure to check that out. I noticed there's a big uptick in the uh, the viewers for that website, so I just want to make sure that you're aware of it, and, uh, you know, etc., etc. I think that's good enough. Let's take a break and uh, talk about Yannick this extremely mediocre pass rusher. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your house. 
happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, I'm I'm just I just wasted about ten minutes going down the rabbit hole looking at just the nonsense, the absolute nonsense. I just I'm reading a tweet from this person that keeps popping up on my timeline. I don't know who she is, but. The amount of mental gymnastics people have to go through to make Yannick look like a good player is is just absolutely staggering to me. Um, I, I mean, I could just sit here and do an entire episode on why the things that people are saying is, are just not true. So, for example, Yannick Ngakwe has played 63 career snaps, or games, I should say. And by the way, I have no reason to believe this is true, because half the time when I find these... <laughs> Excuse me. These stats, they end up being completely false. Shoddy. Pressures for, through the first 63 career games. Zadarius, 227. Preston, 208. Yannick, 232. Daniil Hunter, 265. Khalil, 244. Um, okay. First of all, Zadarius and Preston kind of had late breakout careers. So that's a useless statistic. Yannick was really good early on is continuing to get worse. So again, this doesn't give you a picture of anything. Vikings fans are using statistics like this, who had a better start to their career, to prove that he's a really good pass rusher now. Which is why, again, we're going through mental gymnastics. That's why one of the stats that somebody keeps posting is how many hits he has in, throughout his last four years. Hits. When you see anybody bragging about a player because of hits, you know they're lying. Who cares about hits? I mean, I could see if you want to do total pressures, which is hat, uh, sacks, hits, and hurries. Or if you just want to do sacks, because that's kind of the flashy one. But hits? Dude, you're lying. Daniil Hunter has more. And then Khalil Mack, I, I mean, Khalil Mack has more. So the only two guys that they list here that he has more than, barely more than, by the way, is Zadarius and Preston. And again, Zadarius and Preston both had late breakout careers. So what exactly are we proving with this statistic? Nothing. This is absolutely a nothing thing. And again, it's the first 63 career games. So you, so the only way you beat Zedarius and Preston is to just completely cut off part of their careers. Zedarius had more pressures. <laughs> it's amazing to me that they're using pressures to prove that Yannick is better than Zedarius, even though Zadarius had more pressures than anybody in the entirety of the NFL last year in the regular season. More than every single human being on planet Earth. Oh, I can't handle this. I can't, I'm not, I'm not equipped for this, man. I mean, I'm perfectly equipped for this. I just, I'm ready to explode. I don't even know how to organize my thoughts right now. This is ridiculous. All right, all right, okay, okay. Yannick Ngakwe. Let's just look at it for what it is. We're not going to cherry-pick data like every other human being on Earth. Let's start from the standpoint that Yannick Ngakwe is one of the best young elite pass rushers in all of football, right? 25 years old. Boy, oh boy, he's a big name. And this, by the way, this happens all the time. Every single Jaguars guy that's been con from that 2017 team is already considered elite. A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, on and on and on and on and on. At least half of those guys were good for one year, and that's it. But everybody's getting paid big money because of what they did that one year, and that happens all the time. Josh Norman has been garbage his whole career except one year. He got paid massive money because of that one year. I don't know why NFL teams are so stupid. I don't know why. I understand that NFL fans can be that stupid. 
to see one good year and just think, you know, whatever. I've, I've talked about that on this podcast all the time. A lot of times people think guys are really good because they're a big name. And they don't actually know. Because why would you know? I know because I've got pro football focus and I stare at these numbers and I look at these names and I look at the stats all day every day. So I got a pretty good idea of what people are doing. And Yannick is just one of those guys that I know is a big name, but I'm looking at it, and I was shocked to see that he wasn't as good as everyone says he is. But whatever. Because there was talk about maybe the Packers go get Yannick, and I'm like, eh. I mean, I guess, but why would we need a guy like Yannick Ngakwe? We already have enough edge rushers. That's just... But it was a thing for a while. And I was like, well, maybe. Petten's kind of crazy that way. And so if we just, just look at Yannick, okay? That's all I want to do. Let's just look at Yannick Ngakwe. Um, in 2019... And just, just bear, I just want you to keep this in mind. And, and by the way, fully aware that if Yannick Ngakwe had gone to, let's say, the Detroit Lions, which would have been possible, I guess. Let's just say he went to the Lions and I laid out all these stats. Every single Vikings fan would be on my side. The only reason they're not is because they picked him up and they want to believe the hype. I'm, I'm willing to bet everybody else understands what I'm saying. But let's, again, I'm just reading statistics. It's funny, the comments say, you're not reading stats, literally reading stats. Let's go through it. Okay, and, and keep in mind what you would picture to be an elite pass rusher. So, first of all, 51 total pressures. He's ranked 25th. Now, if you're a, if you're a top-tier pass, what, what does it take to be an elite pass rusher? Why is it I say Zedarius is a top? For me, it's pressure percentage. But, but again, let's just pause here. Because I, I don't want to tell you what it takes to be a, a really good pass rusher. I want you to formulate in your mind what makes a pass rusher elite. Or, or a, a, an edge, a defensive end. Because maybe it's for you, it's, it's being able to stop the run. I don't really care what it is. But I want you to think of what that is. And then I'm going to try to throw as many stats at you as possible. And you tell me if he ranks really high in your mind. Okay? Think of it. What is it in your mind right now? Number one thing. I'm not going to tell you why. You, you formulate your own opinion on Yannick. So he is 25th in uh, pressures with 51. He tied Marcus Davenport, Bud Dupree, and Carlos Dunlap. He had less than J.J. Watt, Harold Landry, Preston Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, who is now a Bear, uh, Kyle Van Noy, Justin Houston, Eric Armstead, Trey Flowers, Matt Judon, Marcus Golden, Everson Griffin, Brandon Graham, Dante Fowler, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Nick Bosa, TJ Watch, Keel Barrett, Cam Jordan, Daniil Hunter, and Zadarius Smith. Notice how I mentioned um, the other Vikings guy, two Packers, two Bears, and a Lion. So he's officially better than um, one other player in the NFC North in pressures, which would be whoever the other Lions pass rusher is. That's it. Sacks, Yannick ranked 30th with eight sacks. Shaquille Barrett had 20, Chandler Jones had 19, TJ Watt had 18. You get the point, right? Zadarius had 16. Eight isn't even 50% of what the top guys are getting. If he had doubled his sacks, he would have tied for fourth with Cam Jordan and Zadarius Smith. If he had doubled his sacks. Hits, which is every Yannick fan's favorite statistic, because Yannick is unusually high based on his other statistics. He ranks 17th in hits with 11. So there you go. If, if hits is your thing, he is the 17th best hitter tied with Daniil Hunter. Just a freak. Zadarius so had 22. He was second in the NFL, but still super freaky. Everson Griffin had 14. Trey Flowers had 14. But, you know, he's still at least as good as a couple guys in the NFC North. So there's that. 
And then if you look at hurries, which is, again, another form of a pressure, Yannick is 30th again. Now, pressures would be the most important because it's all these three things combined. It's, it's affecting the quarterback, which we already talked about. But he is 30th with 32 hurries. Daniil Hunter was number one with 62. By the way, Everson Griffin was 12th in this. Everson Griffin beats him in just about every single one of these categories. In fact, he had, um, where is he? He had more hits. He had more sacks. He had more pressures. So in every single one of these categories, Everson Griffin was better than Yannick Ngakwe, which seems weird because Everson Griffin seemed to be clearly the lesser of the two pass rushers. Good, but you don't quite worry about him as much, right? But Yannick is seen as this super elite pass rusher. Okay, so that's just statistics. What about his grades? Well, he was 72 overall, which is good, not great. That's his overall defensive grade. PFF had him as the 41st best pass rusher. Actually, let me sort this a bit. Some of these guys didn't have a lot of... They weren't really full-time guys. He was 33rd. So, as I've used before as my gauge... Um, if you're a number one guy, you're sort of in the top 32, right? Well, he's 33rd, so he's a really good number two, essentially. Granted, Everson Griffin was higher at 26th, including Fetty Odenigbo from the Minnesota Vikings. He was actually 28th, so he ranked higher than Yannick. But, you know, that's just one thing. What about him as a pass rusher? Well, as a pass rusher, he ranked 21st in the NFL. Not terrible, right? That's pretty good. Probably because he is a pretty good pass rusher. Pretty good. I mean, he's not terrible. Sedarius was higher. Daniil was higher. Khalil was higher. Trey Flowers was higher. But hey, there's at least that. Here's something else that nobody seems to want to talk about, though. Let's look at his run defensibility. As a run defender, Yannick Ngakwe, I can't even find him, is 111th out of 119. Literally one of the worst run-defending edge rushers in the entirety of the NFL. Daryl Johnson out of Buffalo, Ben Benogu out of Indianapolis, Jabal Sheard, Indianapolis, Taco Charlton, Alex Okafor, Dwayne Smoot, Aaron Lynch, and Chad Thomas are the only edge rushers in the, all of the NFL that ranked lower against the run. For reference, Kyler Fackrell is 107th. Kyler Fackrell is better against the run than Yannick Ngakwe. So... That's not great. Furthermore, his tackling ability is also 111th out of 119. There are eight edge rushers, again, who ranked lower in the tackling category than Yannick Ngakwe. So, I mean, this is just information. Look, if this was just a random guy that nobody knew about, it would be a, it would be a, just a good pickup. And it is a good pickup. There's nothing wrong with this. And I think they're paying him a decent price. It's a one-year thing for $12 million, which is decent. It's a little bit less than Preston Smith because he's slightly less good than Preston Smith. There's nothing wrong with this. But there's something wrong with the narrative that he's in a... Let me just ask you this. Oh my gosh. This is, this is so painfully obvious. It just it hurts my soul. How in the world does one of the best pat, elite, young, 25 years old pass rushers in the NFL have to wait this long to get a contract... And then has to take a pay cut to $12 million a year. How in the world do the Vikings get one of the best pass rushers in football for $12 million a year? And I had a guy in the comments section say he, he, he was willing to take 12 so that he can go to the Vikings. As though the guy was turning down contracts for $20 million left and right because he just demanded to go to the Vikings. And the Vikings are at all, they're like, all right, I'll give you 12. And he's like, done, sold, take me. 
He got a one he got a one year contract for twelve million dollars. That's that's garbage. That's absolute garbage, man. Preston Smith, who didn't do hardly anything, got a four year deal worth thirteen million dollars a year, fifty two million. He got sixteen million dollars in guarantees. Did I say sixteen? He got sixteen million in guarantees. He got more guaranteed money than Yannick got total money, and he's got fifty-two million total on top of all that. How in the world does Preston Smith, a nobody from Washington, he was like the fifth, sixth best pass? I mean, you had a, a ton of pass rushers that year. You had D. Ford. You had Justin Houston. You had Shaquille Barrett. You had Zadarius Smith. Preston was like number five, six, seven, eight, nine on that list. Got a four-year contract for fifty-two million dollars. Yannick Ngakwe is the only guy out there. He's considered one of his elite, top-tier, top-end best young, and he's twenty-five years old prospects out there. Nobody wants to sign the guy. He can't get a contract. He's begging and pleading to get out of Jacksonville. Nobody's going to give him any money. He finally gets somebody to take him, and he has to take a pay cut from $18 million down to $12 million, and it's a one-year contract. That doesn't happen to elite prospects. When Khalil Mack went to Chicago, he didn't take a one-year $12 million contract to go there. When the Chicago Bears took Khalil Mack, they gave him a six-year, $141 million contract with $60 million in guarantees. That's what happens when you... And listen, I didn't just make stuff up and say Khalil's not good when the Bears got him. I said I didn't want to give up that much draft capital, but there was never any doubt in my mind he's one of the best pass rushers in all of football. I'm not a moron. I know an elite player when I see an elite player based on everything he's done. My goodness, the guy's a freak, and everybody knows it. And he also got signed, I think, at 25 years old. Joey Bosa's a freak. He got a five-year, $135 million contract, $27 million a year. Miles Garrett just got signed, $25 million a year, and it's a five-year contract. This is what happens to elite players. Khalil Mack, six years, 23 and a half a year. Demarcus Lawrence, he's 26 years old. He got a five-year contract, $21 million a year. Frank Clark isn't even that good, but he got a five, again, 25 years old. He's seen as a, as an, and he's one of those guys that's seen as better than he is. But the Chiefs see him as an elite pass rusher, and they paid him as such. Five years, $20.8 million a year, $43.8 million in guarantees. The Chiefs see him as one of the best young pass rushers in football, and they paid him as such. The Vikings are not paying him like an elite. They're not paying Yannick like an elite pass rusher. He got $12 million a year for one year. Nobody in the NFL thinks Yannick is an elite pass rusher. Only Vikings fans right now. And and national media people who are brain damaged and don't know what they're talking about. And some other people that just get all their information from all these like Field Yates and Ian Rappaport and all these guys who are insiders and they get all this information, but they don't know what the heck they're talking about. They're telling you Yannick is elite. Explain to me why the best contract one of the best young pass rushers can get is a one-year $12 million contract. Explain that to me. That doesn't happen. Trey Flowers got a five-year deal for $90 million a year from the, from the Detroit Lions. D. Ford, five years, $85.5 million from the 49ers who already have a bunch of pass rushers. I mean, Zadarius didn't even do anything. He was a backup for crying out loud. Zadarius was, was like the number three pass rusher who had a breakout year. 
but was never considered anything like Yannick Ngakwe. He got four-year, $66 million deal, $16.5 million, $20 million in guarantees, which is a steal considering what he's done. I mean, Le- Le- Leonard Williams, who's never even been that good, he's been sort of a bust. The, the New York Giants gave him a one-year contract for $16.126 million! Come on now! What are we doing? What are we even talking about? I, I don't know what else to say. One year, $12 million. How? Again, where's the information? And then I got this. So, um, let's see. He took a pay cut so the Vikings could get him. Hilarious. Since 2016, he leads the league in quarterback hits with 85. I'm reading off a comment here. Um, Yannick Ngakwe has 56 total hits in his career. Not 85. And again, hits is super random. He does a good job with hits for some random reason. But I can already tell you, without doing very much research, that he's not number one in that category. Calais Campbell has 63. So he's at least second, and I only looked at three guys so far. Then he goes on to say 37 and a half sacks is second most in the league since 2016. Well, I looked it up. Turns out he's 12th in the league since 2016 in sacks. Uh, let's see. Chandler Jones has 60. Aaron Donald has 52. Daniil Hunter has 48 and a half. Cam Jordan has 48. Von Miller has 46. Ryan Kerrigan has 42 and a half. Khalil Mack has 42 and a half. Frank Clark has 40. Joey Bosa has 40. Calais Campbell has 39 and a half. Mario Addison has 39. Yannick Ngakwe has 37 and a half. He's 12th, not second. I don't know where these people are getting their information from, but it's just absolutely incorrect. And he starts bragging about forced fumbles, which, <laughs> okay. Again, the, the the absolute hoops you have to go through. Second most with 14 forced fumbles. Well, again, I'm, I've looked at three guys so far, and I can tell you Chandler Jones has more. So if I find one more, that makes you a liar. But the fact of the matter is, forced fumbles is kind of a weird thing. Like, who who kind of, who, who cares? Like, Daniil Hunter has had zero forced fumbles in the last two years. Is he better than Daniil Hunter because he's had more forced fumbles? Is he better than Khalil Matt? Oh my goodness. Best pass rusher in football. That's the reason he got this elite contract. Did you know he's really good at forcing fumbles? Oh, wow. That explains why he got this mega contract. I stand corrected. Wow, this guy over here. By the way, Yannick Ngakwe has had four forced fumbles the last two years. Why? Because he had four in 2019 and zero in 2018. I guess he was just straight up trash in 2018. He didn't have a single forced fumble. What a loser. It's amazing that he didn't just get booted out of the NFL because he didn't force any fumbles. Oh my goodness. The most important stat of any player on the defense is forced fumbles. Clearly. And then he says he's fourth in tackles for a loss since 2016 with 42. Well, unfortunately, this website here only goes up to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. So it only shows 20, and he's not on this list. Aaron Donald is 77. Jones is 67. Jordan is 67. 20th place, uh, tied for 20th, Houston, Pierre Paul, and Clark have 43. So he's not even in the top 20. So I'm just, I'm telling you this because you're going to see this nonsense. He's fourth in tackles for a loss since 2016. Is he? Because from what I can tell, he's not in the top 20 in tackles for a loss. This is just a straight-up lie. But these are the stats that are floating around out there. So as best as I can tell, he's um, pretty good as far as hits over a four-year period. Uh, What was the other stat? I think hits over the first 62 games. 
and forced fumbles over the last four years. Those three completely random stats that don't really give you a picture of what he is today are the only three stats, which by the way, if you twist those stats for just about any player, you're going to have every player basically as a top tier player. You want to know how good he is? It's very simple. Number one, look at the stats normally as I did over last year. And if last year's an anomaly, look at the year before. We can do that too because last year, the year before last, so 2018, was no different than 2019. It was about the exact same. The only anomaly for Yannick Ngakwe was 2017, which is exactly why all these stats are structured this way. Either you have to look at all four years because it includes 2017, which was an anomaly year. And, and if you have an anomaly over only four years, which isn't very much time, it stands out a lot more. If you have one anomaly year over eight years, it's not going to do very much. But because he's only been in the league four years, if you have one year that's really, really good and then two mediocre years, it averages out. Or you look at the, the first half of, of you know his career versus people's early career before they really break out. That's the only way you can do this. But again, what is his contract? One year, $12 million. That tells you everything you need to know. Again, I don't know what he's going to do this year. And I know that the Vikings are a better team with him than without him. Yannick is probably, granted, the other guy's PFF grade was better in Denigbo or whatever. But I have no illusion that Yannick is going to be a good... I don't know if he's going to be as good as Everson Griffin. He hasn't been since 2017. And actually, I don't even know what Everson Griffin was in 2017. For all I know, he was better. Let's see. Oh, look, Everson Griffin's best year just so happened to be in 2017. Isn't that interesting? Yannick Ngakwe's PFF grade in 2017 was 81. Everson Griffin was an 84.4. So even that one outlier year, (laughs) Everson Griffin at least graded out better. So I just, I don't know, man. Look, it is what it is. There's a reason Yannick sat for as long as he did. There's a reason why Yannick had to take a, let's see, what was it? From, uh, I think, 18 to 16? Or 18 to 12, I mean. So a $6 million pay cut. 25-year-old pass rusher taking a $6 million pay cut to get away from his team and to get a new contract, and it's a one-year deal. Do you know why? And why is he so willing to take a one-year contract? Because he's betting on himself. What is he betting on? Why doesn't he just get a better contract? Because he hasn't been good in three years. I mean, three years ago was the last time he showed anything, and it was only one year. The last two years, he hasn't been worth as much. So rather, and I, I'm willing to bet up people are offering him contracts. Like, I'll give you a four-year deal worth, you know, $13 million average or $12 million average. He's like, no, because he wants to get paid based on 2017, and nobody's willing to pay him that because nobody buys that he's going to do it. So the Vikings are like, all right, I'll give you a one-year contract. Prove that you can do it, and we'll give you a bigger, better contract. Prove to us that you can do it. And by the way, everything that we've talked about and the fact that it's a one-year prove-it deal for $12 million and what he's going to bring makes the the second-round pick completely unpalatable, in my opinion. You're giving up a second-round pick for the 33rd best pass rusher for one year. Well, they're going to extend him after this. Well, why don't they just extend him now, then? Well, because they want to see what he can do. Okay, well, what if he doesn't do well? What if he doesn't get better? Is it just like a gentleman's agreement that if you do really well, we'll pay you really well, and if you don't, then you'll agree to take this smaller contract? So either way, we're getting him? Maybe. I mean, it's just, it's, it's... Again, I'm not just being salty. I'm just trying to be accurate. And the only reason I'm being so vocal about it is because everybody is so unbelievably incorrect about this. Just say it correctly. Yannick Ngakwe is a, is a solid enough player. He's fine. I wouldn't be shocked if he's better than Preston Smith. Right? If Preston takes a step back and Yannick takes a step forward, it doesn't take that much. 
And he's got Daniil on the other side. That'll help. Zimmer's a really good defensive coordinator. He'll figure it out. Again, I'm not even trying to project what he's going to be. He might be solid. I don't know. But the fact is, and the NFL clearly agrees with me on this, he hasn't been an elite player. They're not going to pay him like an elite player. And again, I already read off the contracts of what... Take what everybody's saying he is, and then look at those guys with those characteristics get paid. Yannick isn't in that category, and it's for a reason. It's not a question. It's not a debate. It's not an argument. He's been mischaracterized, and, and it's because people are lazy. People remember Yannick's name because he was one of the best pass rushers in 2017, and that name just sticks in our head. And we don't hear Yannick has been average because nobody says Yannick has been average. So two years later, when we hear Yannick's name, it's like, oh, Yannick Ngakwe, he's so good. Because we don't know. We haven't been keeping up. We just remember hearing his name as one of these elite guys. And that's fine. If you don't know, that's fine. It's fine to not know. I didn't know because I completely forgot about the guy. And I just thought, oh, yeah, he's really good. And then I looked him up, and I'm like, oh, he, he's not that good. Because for me, and maybe I'm just weird this way, I'm, I'm kind of wired differently. I'm, I'm stupid like this. When I see information that differs from how I'm feeling or, or what I originally thought, I change what I think. It's, it's, I know it's weird. Like, so here's how it works. I think a thing, and then I find new information, and then my mind, instead of saying, no, I reject facts and information... I'm going to violently spew nonsense so that I can be comforted in my comforted in my, you know, wrong opinions. I just change my mind. And suddenly I have new opinions and ideas and thoughts. I know it's 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 complicated and it's kind of weird and you know, it's it, it would take me a while to kind of run through how it all works as far as changing your mind with new information and all that. But again, I'm I'm I don't know. Again, I don't care what you think. I mean, I do. It's going to make me very angry if, if you think wrongly, clearly. But again, I just read the information. And these are all just facts. The con- What he's getting paid, a one-year $12 million deal, that is a fact. When I said he's not even top 20 since 2016 in tackles for a loss, that's a fact. This Vikings fan who got his information from some moron on Twitter, that's not a fact. Because he's just regurgitating nonsense, and I'm looking at statistics. I read off his pressures, his hits, his hurries. I gave you the information. You draw your own conclusions. Go ahead. But I I don't see how you can come to a different conclusion than what I'm saying. And I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's okay. He's good, not great, which is a fine characterization. And if you think he's been good, not great, but he's going to get really good. I don't Listen, if you're a Vikings fan and you're like, yeah, he's been pretty good. He's not really been elite, but I really think he's going to blow up. Dude, 1000%. I get it, man. It makes sense. That's rational to me. He's got the skill set. We know that he does. Zimmer's a defensive-minded genius, so-called. I don't know. We'll say that he is. Fine. That's all you, man. I get it. I'm, I'm there with you. You can have that. But don't give me this garbage that he's been elite. That's stupid. It's, it's, with, it's devoid of fact. And this was the Field Yates tweet that just absolutely sent me off into crazy town. The Vikings now have an elite duo on all three levels of their defense. Pass rusher, Daniil Hunter, and Yannick Ngakwe. Listen, you can't call it an elite duo. I can't let you do that. A duo, yes. But on this level, the Bears would have an elite duo. The Packers would have an elite duo. Pretty much anybody that has like one really good guy and another guy that's decent, that would be considered an elite duo. I mean, if that's the characterization, having one really good player, assuming Daniil doesn't regress, which, again, this was an outlier year for him in 2019... Assuming he doesn't regress and, and, you know, Yannick 
continues what he's been doing. Then you've got one really good pass rusher and one good, not great pass rusher. And supposedly that's an elite duo, which is hard to call something an elite duo when one is elite and one is not. But I, I'll, I'll give you half credit for that one. Linebacker, Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr. I'm just going to lose. Again, this is another one where the media just refuses to let this one go. And I was starting to think I was crazy because I keep saying on this podcast, everyone keeps calling them an elite duo and they're not. And I haven't heard anybody actually say it in a long time. I'm like, well, maybe people stop saying it. Apparently not. Again, this is one of those things where these two were a very good duo for a long time and then they just kind of haven't been. Or, you know, if you go back four years, it was like, wow, this is a good duo. But it's just, it's just not, man. And I don't know where you're getting this from. I just, I don't know where that information comes from. Again, Eric Hendricks last year graded out as the number one linebacker in all of football. So I, I get it, man. Props to him. Elite run defender, 85 tackles, 25 assists, 9 misses, 36 stop. I mean, that doesn't rank all that high, but still, they, they graded him out as very, very good. Real solid in tackling. Real good in coverage, 83.9 uh, passer rating when targeted. 12 pass breakups, which is absurdly high. So he had a fantastic year. Cool, great. Props. Um, he's never done that in his entire career, right? Last year, he, so this year or 2019, his overall grade was a 90.1. His grades going backwards before this year, 64, 66, 68, 59. So it's sort of as as though they spoke it into existence because the guy's never been good at anything before ever. He had one year where he graded in the seventies against the run and his, his coverage grade was a 42. And again, linebacker's hard. Where pass rusher I like because I can give you statistics. There's no real good statistics for linebacker, which is why I lean on grade. I mean, I could I could list his tackles, but I feel like Packer fans should know better. Blake was always one of the top tacklers in the NFL. It doesn't mean anything. So again, I lean on PFF because they're looking at the full context, right? If a, if a linebacker can't get off a block, there's no t- statistic for that. You have to have somebody actually watching the film and then, you know, grading that. Then you have Anthony Barr, who everybody loves, and I don't know why. He was graded as the third highest graded linebacker in Minnesota. Um, he had one elite year, and that was in 2015. And again, I just think that this is... So his first year was a 70 overall. In 2015, he was a 90 overall. Elite! So people look at that, and they're like, yeah, the guy's a freak. His grades since then, 50, 63, 70, and 56. He was a 56 overall this past year. 105 passer rating when targeted. He was targeted 79 times. Gave up 64 receptions for 586 yards and three touchdowns. 79 tackles, 15 assists, nine missed tackles, 41 stops, two forced fumbles. Got to watch out for that. That's one of the top statistics for any player is forced fumbles, clearly. So, I mean, again, do what you will with the statistics, but he just, he doesn't grade out very well. He's had, I guess, three good years out of six and one elite year, two pretty bad years, including 2019. But according to Mr. Fieldy Yates, Elite duo. And I don't think it's ever been an elite duo. I mean, they've never been good on the same year. So I don't get it. And then he goes on to say safety. And again, it's not about being salty. I'll hand, I will more than happily give that to him. Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, 100%. 100%. Top tier duo. Maybe the best in football. I don't know. It, because it is. It's not because they're the Vikings. I don't care who you are. Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Cool. Yep. Got it. Don't care that he's a Viking. Khalil Mack is an elite pass rusher. Yeah, I agree. Daniil Hunter. Yep, I agree. Stafford and Kirk Cousins are good quarterbacks. Yeah, I would agree with that. Elite, no, but good, yes. Kirk Cousins was dominant last year. Yeah, he totally was. 100%. Looked solid. I don't have any problems saying these words. I'm not even saying the Vikings are going to be a bad team this year. I mean, 
They've regressed more than anybody else, which kind of leads me to have some questions. But I'm not just trying to flatter the Packers, right? The, the, the Lions worry me. The Bears, depending on the quarterback situation, could be scary. I don't know. In their second year of this defense, I don't know. I'm just saying information. That's all I'm doing. But man, some people, it's like if you don't say everything is exactly perfect, then you're a homer. No, dude, you are. Because if I tell you stats and information and you refuse to listen because you'd rather just hear how good he is, I don't think I'm the one being the homer. Yannick's fine, and he upgrades the Vikings, and they paid him a reasonable price. I, do, I don't even have a problem with the pickup. The second-round pick is, is a little painful, I'll be honest. And I think it's the reason, and, and here, listen, this is, this is how I see this. I, I don't think they necessarily wanted to do it, but they pulled the trigger anyways. Let's, let's look at it. So they lost Everson Griffin. Actually, uh, yes, they lost Everson Griffin, and they lost um, Linval Joseph. And as much as Vikings fans, oh, they, they're no good anymore anyways. They're getting old and they're terrible. That's not true. They're good football players. They don't want to admit that they're good football which which is disgusting, by the way. That These are your guys and they're good football players and you're trashing them just so that you don't have to say that you're regressing. That's pathetic. Grow up. These are good football players. You lost them and it hurts your defense. So you went out and get Michael Pierce because you need to at least backfield a little bit. And so you got Michael Pierce. You still don't have the second edge rusher, but it helps. Then Michael Pierce drops out because of COVID. That's a problem. Then you go out and get P.J. Hall because you need something. He fails this physical. That doesn't work out. So you're really in trouble here. For a defensive team to have one pass rusher, no interior defensive lineman, no second pass rusher, no corners, and one linebacker that was good last year, but otherwise, eh. I mean, they're good pass rushing linebackers, I guess, kind of, right? At least Barr is usually. He wasn't last year, but in general, he usually is. And they like to blitz him. So I'm trying to give you some kind of credit here. And so anyways, that falls through also. Then it becomes a, a problem because Daniil Hunter apparently is injured, and we don't know the severity. So now the Vikings are reeling. They're panicking. And they did what not one other team in the NFL was willing to do, which is to offer a one-year contract to Yannick Ngakwe. Because nobody wants to have to give up a second and a fifth round pick to do it. Nobody's willing to give up a second round pick for Yannick Ngakwe. But the Vikings did it because they're in panic mode. Because an injured Daniil Hunter with Jaleel Johnson, Shamar Stefan, and Afedi Odenigbo with a constantly injured and a guy that has never proven anything, Mike Hughes. And uh, you picked up Jeff Gladney, so maybe he's something good. I don't know. Vikings fans seem to think they have great corner because Mike Hughes is going to show everybody. He, that's the classic when he's healthy, he's great, which just isn't true. He's never been good. But of course, he's going to be this year, he's going to be healthy and he's going to prove everybody wrong. And then Jeff Gladney, who's a first-round pick, obviously is going to be elite, despite the fact that every single time we draft a first-round pick, like the three guys that we just got rid of who were all first- and second-round picks that were never any good that are now gone, and Mike Hughes, who's never been any good, who's a first-round pick, this guy's going to be really good, Jeff Gladney, as a rookie, right? This isn't good, man. Everybody already knows you got a bad offensive line. you got a running back that can't stay healthy. You lost your number one wide receiver. You lost your number two edge rusher. You lost your only good interior player. You lost all three starting cornerbacks, and I got Vikings fans telling me that you are going to take a step and win the division. And I'm biased. I'm biased. Okay, nobody else has lost talent like you. The, the Lions have. The Lions got better. The Lions have a better running back. The Lions have not lost any. I think they may have even improved their offensive line. They get their quarterback back, for crying out loud. They've got an, a, an ascending wide receiver who gets better every single year on top of adding Quintez Cephas. We'll see what he can do. I think I've, I don't know if I mentioned, they got a, a running back. They added Danny Shelton to the interior of the defensive line. They added Jamie Collins from New England. They added Jeff Okuda 
the best corner to come out in a long time out of college football. To go along with Desmond Trufant, who I don't know why nobody wants to talk about him. I think he might be better than Darius Slay anyway. So they have Desmond Trufant, who's been a solid corner for Atlanta for a long time, along with Jeffrey Okuda and Justin Coleman, who's their slot corner, who's a good corner, just didn't have a great year last year. But yeah, I'm supposed to think that this is a trash team. And the Packers, who lost basically nobody, they lost Brian Balaga and replaced him with a long-time Detroit Lions right tackle who's been solid at right tackle, aside from last year when he was hurt. Well, I thought you didn't like when he's healthy. No, no, no. I don't like when people who have never been good but have also been injured uh, just automatically become good because they haven't had a chance to play healthy. That's not how that works. But if you've been good your entire career and you have one bad year and it happens to be the year you were injured, then you can use that excuse. Rick Wagner is, is a guy that can use that excuse. He's been a solid right tackle for like five, six years, however long he's been playing. He had one bad year and it was the year he was injured. So I'm going to give him that credit. Otherwise, we have an offensive line that is going into its second year under Matt LaFleur's system in which he is drilling the offensive line over and over and over and over. We've got Aaron Jones, who is a top-tier running back on top of A.J. Dillon, who is exactly the type of running back that Matt LaFleur wants as he continues to grind this offense into a power-running offense. We've added two tight ends. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. I don't know, but it certainly doesn't mean we're worse as Jace goes into a second year and DeGuara comes on into this offense. We got the same wide receivers, again, going into their second year under this offense. We got Zadarius and Preston going into their second year on the defense. We've got Kenny on the interior, who we didn't lose. We got Savage and Amos going into their second years in this defense. We've got Raven Green coming back, and we have King and Jair. I don't know how it's even a competition. And even the Bears, who I don't think are very good, I can easily point out why they at least didn't get worse. How did the I mean, okay, they lost a couple linebackers, but they didn't lose their top two linebackers. The only thing that needs to happen for the Bears to surpass the Vikings is for them to have a quarterback that's not terrible. So far out of training camp, that hasn't happened. I'm, I'm just, again, it's not about I refuse to compliment other teams. It's just that the Vikings are going in the wrong direction. And I don't know how else to read this situation. And I can tell you right now, if Daniil Hunter is, is out for any period of time, that's that spells doom. By the way, Daniil Hunter, from what I can tell, he almost exclusively lines up on the defensive left side, which would be the Rick Wagner side, which is great for the Vikings. The problem is Yannick is going to go up against David Bakhtiari. Would anybody like to make a gentleman's bet as in terms of who's going to win that battle? Come on now. Let's let's be serious about it. Okay, I, look, I, I, I don't want to have to say this for the 10,000th time, but I don't know what's going to happen this year. I can only tell you what's happened up to this point, and it's very clear what Yannick has done and what he hasn't done. That's, that's all there is to it. If anybody would like to fact check anything I've said, please, by all means, go ahead. Tell me where I'm wrong. Don't just come at me with some nonsense about, well, you're just salty, you're just biased, your facts are wrong. Tell me. One thing I said that's not true. And I'm not sitting here cherry-picking data trying to twist the numbers until Yannick ends up on top. I'm just taking what I... See, and this is the thing. Other people are trying to do that, trying to find how can we make Yannick look better than he is. I'm simply looking at it and saying, okay... Let's try to find out the best way to, to gauge how good a player is. And we'll just look at this information. Where does he rank? Not very good. All right, well, this is important. Let's look at that. Nope, nope, not very good there either. There's a very clear picture of what Yannick is. There's a very clear picture of what the Vikings are. And there's a very clear path to where the Vikings can win the division. But certain things have to fall a certain way. I'm not even saying they're not going to win the division. They might. But they're not going in the right direction. They're going to have to swim uphill. 
upstream, swim uphill. So yeah, it, it, it might be swimming uphill, not even upstream. They got to swim up a hill because everything is going the wrong direction. But again, I understand why Vikings fans would be upset because the national media folks are telling you the complete opposite. A lot of people are picking the Vikings to win and they can't back any of this stuff up. It's the same people that come up with, with these top 100 lists and everything else that are complete garbage that don't know what they're talking about. They're like, oh yeah, the Vikings are probably going to win. Because they, here's the simplistic, stupid view of why this is, right? It's very simple. I'll, I'll make the argument for the Vikings. Not a good one, but the reason the national media would do this. The top teams in the division, the Packers and the Vikings. And then the Bears are kind of garbage, but they're kind of middling, and we'll see what happens at quarterback, and then the Lions are just terrible because they're terrible. There's no real thought in any of that, but that's just the general view of people who aren't zoomed in on the NFC North and actually paying attention. Then you look at the fact, well, the Packers kind of got lucky, and, you know, Matt LaFleur isn't proven, and that was just kind of a whole lucky thing. So I think they're going to fall off, which leaves the Vikings to just dominate the North. That's it. That's the full spectrum of how you get to that point. If you if you look even a little bit deeper than that, just a little bit, you start coming to different conclusions. Look at how the teams have changed, what direction the teams are going in. I'm telling you, the Bears are maybe about staying even. Again, the quarterback is the, is the biggest thing. The Lions clearly are getting better just by virtue of the fact that Stafford is back. The Packers, at worst, are staying even. And I'm not talking about the 13-win season. I don't care about that. I'm just talking about how talented the team is. But it's very hard to not get better considering you're going into your second year basically on offense and defense. It's, it's Petten's third year, but half of that defense, it's going to be their second year. It's nearly impossible to say that they don't actually get better as a team. Again, I don't care about the record. 13 wins, even for a really good team, is hard to replicate. I just want them to get better as a team. And the Vikings are just purging talent, and somehow they're, they're getting better. I don't understand it. And I don't think anybody can even justify it. Terrible offensive line. Running back can't stay healthy. Kirk Cousins overperformed better than he's ever played. So a regression is very possible, especially since he lost his number one wide receiver. They did replace him with Justin Jefferson, who was the exact anti-Stephon Diggs, which maybe is going to work out better because it's an offense that likes to get the ball out quickly. Aside from the fact that Kirk Cousins hold on to the ball longer than anybody else, which doesn't really play into Justin Jefferson's hands, who is sort of like a Devontae Adams who just wins off the line of scrimmage. So all this holding out of the ball, play action type stuff doesn't really suit him very well. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Again, I'm not trying to read into the future. You go ahead and draw your own conclusions, and I don't even care. If you can come up with a good reason why the Vikings are going to win, I'm fine with it. By all means. Again, if you want to come up with a reason why Yannick is going to be this year a really good player, despite the fact that he hasn't been, I'm all for it. Do you, man. I don't mind people being diehard fans and just repping their team, but don't be a moron about it. Don't lie about statistics so that you get your way. You just make yourself look stupid. What benefit is that? You're lying? Why? So that other people think you won the argument? That's, that means that much to you. Knowing that you're wrong and saying stupid things, but hey, as long as I get enough people to think that I'm right, I just I don't, I don't understand that mentality, man. I just don't get it. It's okay to be wrong. Let it go. Learn things once in a while. It's not going to kill you, I promise. And I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm literally just reading statistics. I know I'm talking in circles, but I'm just very upset right now. I'm upset with the universe. Ugh. I just wish I could grab all these people and put them into a room and just read off the statistics and just say, okay, Mr. Field Yates, okay, Mr. Ian Rappaport, okay, Mr. All these people, explain this to me. And if you can't, then shut your mouth and stop saying nonsense. Anyways, I don't have any other information on this. I gotta let it go and I gotta get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. 
Bye-bye.